Hey, welcome to Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. And let me tell you, this is the perfect podcast for you. Because on this podcast, we're going to have honest, open, and biblical conversations about things people love to talk about. Also about things people hate to talk about. So with that being said, let's hop into it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk. We are now on episode number eight and I'm so excited to be able to impart some type of wisdom to you on this special day today, on this special episode. Uh, This isn't like a really, really special episode or anything. I mean, it is, but it kind of isn't. But anyways, anyways, it's a regular episode in season number one, but it's a special episode because of what we're going to be talking about today, which I'm going to get into in just one second. But first, I really want to just say thank you to all the people who've supported this podcast, whether it was through um, monetary support, whether it was through... um, you know, sharing my post, whether it was through just liking and commenting on those posts, whether it was getting the word out and sharing it, whether it was just encouraging me personally, like coming up to me and talking to me or calling me and talking to me or sending me a text and just letting me know that that you've been listening and you've been enjoying it. I really appreciate that. Um, part of this thing um, that I do or part of this thing that a lot of podcasters do is they uh they really hope for the support of the audience that they're trying to reach. And so I, I don't feel like I've reached my full potential in this. I really don't. I don't think I'm nowhere near it. But I do think that I've um, at least broke a little bit of ground in um, realizing what I'm capable of and realizing that God um, has really blessed me with this wonderful opportunity. So I will continue to bask in that and continue to keep my head down and work hard. And continue to study and to pray and to meditate on what I'm presenting to you. So speaking of praying and meditating today, um, that actually leads us to our topic. So I don't ramble on. So today we're actually going to be talking about prayer. And prayer is an important part of every believer's life. Literally, communication is the key. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is communication. Is how we communicate to our Heavenly Father. No relationship thrives off of no communication. I mean, if you're taking notes, write it down. No communication thrives. I mean, no relationship thrives. See, look at me, trying to be all profound. No (laughs) relationship thrives off of no communication. It just won't work. It just can't work. And I think it applies to our relationship with God. And I think there's an area in the Bible where someone gives us a model of how we should pray. And it's in the New Testament. And I give you a hint. It's in the red letters. Yes, it is Jesus. Jesus gives us a clear example of how to pray. Growing up all my life, I've heard the Lord's Prayer. I've like recited the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) And we said it very regularly. And we prayed in church services. We prayed it in Sunday schools. And uh, I knew it by heart, and I could repeat it very easily. Now, now uh, my mind is halfway gone because I'm in college. And I feel like in college, the more you learn, the more you can't think. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But, I, I mean, 
my gosh, like I college has made me very knowledgeable, I think. I think college has gave me um a really good level of knowledge, but it's definitely not giving me a sense of common sense. So um that's one thing I'm missing right now. So hopefully we can pick up the pieces <laughs> somewhere along the way. But getting back to it, uh the Lord's Prayer is something that like I used to be able to recite easily. Um and you know, I guess maybe we figure back then that, you know, Jesus taught his disciples this prayer and, you know, we should be praying it too. And we did. And it was very helpful. It was very powerful. But I firmly believe that Jesus meant this prayer to be more of a pattern of prayer rather than a model of prayer. He was not giving his disciples just words to repeat. He was outlining the direction and design of his prayers so that they could follow this pattern themselves. And he does the same thing for us. He really does the same thing for us. And I'm not saying, you know, don't repeat this prayer, you know, by all means, thoughtfully pray these scriptures, but more importantly, let Jesus prayer pattern pervade your prayer life. Let it be, let it be the outline of how you pray. Let the teaching on Jesus prayer be the outline of your prayer life and how you pray. Specifically. So let's dive into the Lord's Prayer. Like let's let's dive into it. Because most, you know, as believers, we know it, right? We know what the Lord's Prayer is. And so I'm actually going to start in um a more traditional format because I think it I think it really um hones in on the power of this prayer. Um not saying that you know the other um versions of the Bible don't, but this is just how I grew up basically reading it. So let's look, let's see if I can find, let me hurry up and switch to it on my laptop. I'm switching to, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the different areas of scripture. So now once again, I'm reading this out of Luke. So a lot of people, when they quote the Lord's prayer, they read it out of Matthew. So it's a little different, but this is easier for me to teach out of, um, as far as it goes with the format of the prayer. So, you know, that's why I'm going through Luke, but, um, most of the teachings that I've heard on it has been from Matthew. And you can always go to Matthew. Um, matter of fact, uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew comes um, in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. So if you want to go by that, you definitely can. That's fine too. So let's look at it. Luke 11, uh, chapter 1. It says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said this to them. When you pray, say, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who has indebted us, who is indebted to us. And do not lend us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That comes out of the New King James Version. Um, let's look at the NIV. Let's look at NIV real quick. Um, this is probably what I'll be teaching out of um, on this specific podcast, on this specific episode of the podcast, let me say. And so here it goes. This is one day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. 
He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Right. So that's what that's the version that I'm basically going to teach from. And so the question is, what does this look like? What does this look like? What does this, you know, outline this model look like? So you're looking at the Lord's Prayer and we say, okay, what does it look like? So let's go to verse two. And it says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So we're first, you know, we should look at what we should pray for what blesses God, right? We should definitely pray for him to be honored. Um, We should ask for his rule to expand. We should appeal to God for people and communities to please him and to follow him, right? And so we we should also ask for his, his grace and his power to be seen and his work to increase, right? We're praying for God to do what he wants to do. Because it's all about what pleases him at the end of the day. And so when we do this, we change our perspective. There's a perspective change in that. And so what we do when we change our perspective is we align our prayers with God's heart, with God's heart. Right? We grasp what he longs for us. Right. And we yearn for his glory. Right. And in this phase of prayer, our own concerns and needs become less important. And we focus on what blesses God. Because when you think about that, your problems don't seem as big. Your problems don't seem as big when you realize who's in control of everything. Who's in control of the problems that you're even going through in general. Like you realize how small something is when you realize who's in control and that it is under control. And so through this, it allows you to do that. It allows a a perspective change in this. And so as that happens, let's go into um, another area or another phase that's intertwined with this one. And it comes out of verse three it says, give us each day our daily bread. Right. So we pray for what blesses us. This is where we get to our needs specifically. So here are the three personal blessings that Jesus mentions. Right. And these and that is our daily provision, our complete forgiveness. And our protection from temptation, right? And that's a start. And so this is the phase of prayer when we cry out to God for our personal needs and the needs of those we care for, right? This is where we search for our deepest desires and we humbly ask God for them, claiming his promises. That's an important part, claiming his promises, reminding him of what he's promised us. Not that he needs to be reminded of it, but when we speak that in existence, we realize and we understand that, hey, God is in control, So here are my needs, God. But God, I remember you said this. So God, I know you won't leave me hanging. God, I remember you promised me this. So you won't leave me hanging. You promised Moses this. So you won't leave me hanging. And if you did it for him, I know you'll do it for me. And so those are things that we can pay attention to. Those are things that we can hone in on. But also, this is the phase of prayer where we get to our needs. Right. And so these two phases of prayer. Coming out of verse two and verse three, they're intertwined together, right? They overlap, but we ought to distinguish them. And that's what I wanted to do because it really ensures that we focus on both parts of this and they, and they're a mutual, they're mutually important. Like they're just as important as one another, 
right? But what God wants for us comes their priority first. That comes, that comes first. Because here's a, here's another perspective that I just thought about. Matter of fact, like, what if Jesus wants us to do this? Because while we're praising him and realizing who he is, and we're praying for his will to be done, what if we realize and we get clarity and surety on our needs? Right? So you never know what will happen when you put God first. When you put God first in your situation, you start to realize, you start to realize how small your situation is and how much he's in control. Not discrediting the situations that we go through, because we go through very um, we go through uh, very, um, very crazy situations in life. We go through very hurtful and harmful and just absolutely uh, tragic situations in life. Not saying that those aren't important and not saying that those aren't genuine uh, problems that we struggle with. However, God is the one who's in control of it all. Literally, he is the one who's in control of it all. So, when we put our focus on that, we remind ourselves of who he is in our life. Like, like we remind ourselves of who he is in our life. And so let's go into this next phase of prayer. This next phase of prayer is, uh, is really important also. And so, and so, um, I kind of just went through, um, a part about the provision and everything behind it, but let's go deep. Let's go deep into into uh, into what Jesus means by this next part of the prayer. And so we're looking at we'll be looking at the part where Jesus asks that that our sins are forgiven. So in Luke, if you're looking at Luke eleven still, you'll be looking at Luke eleven four basically in this area now. And so we're gonna so we're gonna go through this. Right. And so, you know, when we look at give give us this day our daily bread, like here we're recognizing that all things we need comes from God. But we're asking that God continue to give us not only the food we need for nourishment, but the bread of life. We ask that he that he does that for us, that he gives us wisdom, you know, and his word and all those good things. Right. And so then we also ask from the forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass us. That's that's who I that's how I remember the scripture. But but you know, you get the gist of it. I'm still on uh verse number 4, just the second part. So, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So, let's look at that. Let's go through that. And so what that means is that what that means is that, you know, it may be easy for us to ask God to forgive us of our trespasses or sins, right? But God and his infinite wisdom teaching us that in order to forgive him, in order, in order for him to forgive us of our wrongdoings, we must forgive the people who's hurt us. This is tough. This is really, really tough. And so he's teaching us that when there's bitterness and anger in our hearts, there's no room for his love to fill our hearts. Matter of fact, it says somewhere in the Bible, and Jesus actually teaches on this. It says, if you have a grievance with your brother and you have, and you have a sacrifice prepared, I think that's how it goes. Or if you, if you, if you, uh, if you have something prepared to lay down at the altar, basically is what he's saying. He's saying, go and clear that grievance up with your brother first and then offer what you were going to offer to me at the altar. 
But he says, first, go and clear that grievance up with your brother. So that just goes and shows how much God doesn't want us to have bitterness or anger in our hearts, right? Because there's no room for his love to fill our hearts when there's anger and bitterness in our hearts, right? So how can we ask God to be merciful and forgive our sins if we're holding a grudge (laughs) or refuse to forgive someone who's wronged us? Forgiving someone is often easier said than done. I can definitely say that, right? But only God can give us the strength to do it through prayer, That's why we pray for that, right? That's why we pray for that area. And so now let's go into the next part, which says, and lead us not into temptation. So temptation and sin go hand in hand. And so when we're face-to-face with temptation, it's really difficult to to resist, right? So let's say, like, I love donuts. I love, I absolutely love donuts, I love donuts. They're amazing. Right? Let's say I'm just in love with those things. Those things are like the greatest thing. That's like the greatest dessert that God could ever create, basically, essentially. Right? And so let's say um, somebody brings donuts to work every single day. Every single day. It would be extremely hard for me not to eat one of those donuts. Extremely hard because that is my temptation. Right. And let's say I'm not supposed to eat those donuts. Those donuts are very harmful for me. Right. They're there every day and they're tempting me. Right. They're tempting me, but I know they're bad for me. Right. But that, but I'm, but I'm, you know, there's a voice on the inside of my head telling me, Oh my gosh, those donuts look so good. You really need to eat one of them. And so I'm, and then I start to get tempted. Right. My heart starts beating real fast. I start sweating when I get around these donuts because I'm trying my best not to eat these donuts because they're harmful for me. That's how temptation and sin is. Temptation tells us basically that that is good for us, that 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 whatever that sin is, whatever that thing is that's bad for us is not good for us. And sin obviously is the thing that hurts us. Now, it's not. sometimes it can be physical. Right. Sometimes it can be physical things that actually hurt us that are sin. But spiritually, to our spiritual health, that is that is really, really detrimental to our spiritual health. Detrimental to our spiritual health. Right. That's why temptation and sin go hand to hand. And so it can be very difficult to resist, like I said before, when we come face to face with that thing. And so that's why we need our father. That's why we need our father to set up roadblocks and to set up different different um different uh hurdles right different hurdles to lead us far away from that path of temptation because we can't hand we can't we can't fight temptation on our own that's why we need God to do that that's why we pray for that and this is the last part but deliver us from evil right and so as we went over before, that sin and evil is an unfortunate reality in the world that we live in. It just is. And so the devil, the devil is always trying to tempt us. And it's literally his full time job to steer us from the right path and onto the wrong one. And so God is in control of everything, even the devil. The devil has no power over God. And so when we pray to God, when we pray to God and for his protection against all that's evil, he will shield us always. When we go to God with that need, he will always shield us. He will always protect us. Right. And so there's many like moving and powerful prayers that we can say. 
But when it comes to one prayer that takes the main aspects of our faith and summarizes them um, into really several short lines, the Our Father is the perfect prayer. Right? The Lord's Prayer is the perfect prayer. And then we go into the very, 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 very last um, aspect of why we pray. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is in red letters. So this is what Jesus is saying. So at the end of our prayer, um, this is a little add on. And this is sort of how we're going to conclude this specific uh, episode. And I hope I hope you've been getting some out of this. One thing that I really struggle with is I always think I don't make sense. I always feel that I don't make sense. And so um, so while I'm talking and while I'm listening to myself, I don't think I make sense. Um, but but hopefully I think this is powerful for you and that this is helping you really get a grasp on how prayer is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be seen and how we're supposed to do it as Christians. Basically, when it comes to, like I said before, just I mean, when it comes to, um, you know, our main aspects of our faith. Right. I think that I think that this prayer does it for us. So let's go into the last part. Let's go into for yours. But it's not the last part of the prayer specifically. But this is what Jesus says. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I think that after we ask God to deliver us from all these things, after we ask God for his for his provision and everything, I think it's good to once again remind ourselves of who he is. And remind ourselves of the power that he holds. And how much control he has over us and our lives. And I think this is very, very important. I think we should add this to the end of our prayer. Right? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is awesome. Like, literally, you can say that. Like, that is powerful. That is powerful. And it hones in on how powerful God is. So today, I just want to let you know, like, there's nothing that you're going through. That God can't handle. I guarantee you. I guarantee you there's nothing. There's nothing you can think of. Nothing you can imagine. That God can't handle. God can handle you. Your mess. Your stress. He can handle all of it. But. When we go to God in prayer. The way that Jesus outlined. There's something powerful about that. And not only is there something powerful about that, but it shifts our mindset. It shifts our perspective because that's what prayer is supposed to do. Prayer is supposed to shift our our mindset, excuse me, and our perspective. It's very important for us to be able to shift that. It's very important for us to go into prayer saying that, Lord, my need is small compared to how powerful you are. And when I start to understand that, I start to become less stressed less stressed about what I'm going through and I start to become more joyful about who you are in my life and what you've done already. There's a theme to all of these episodes, I feel. And the theme to all of these episodes is is that even though we're going through these hardships and pains and these problems and these different things, and even though we come to God with our grievances and with our problems and with our hurts and with our pains and our past traumas and all that good stuff, I think that it's important it is it is amazingly imperative to realize that God is in control of everything. 
He is literally in control of your pain. He's in control of your hurt. He's in control of your happiness. He's in control of your joy. Literally, God is the only one who can give you joy. He's the only one that can take it away. People can't take away your joy. People can't people can take away your happiness, but they can't take away your joy. Circumstances can take away your happiness, but they can't take away your joy. God is the only one that can take away your joy, and I guarantee you he won't take it away. I guarantee you that God wants to give you joy. And so through prayer, what you realize is, is that when I start to think about the problems that I'm going through, those are big. Those are big things. And they may cause stress and hurt and pain. They may cause me to stay up all night and cry and to go through things. They may cause me to have doubts about myself and and doubts about who God is in my life and doubts about these different things that I'm going through. But when you set your mind on God's promises and what the word says about who God is in our life, and when you think back over what God has done for different people throughout the Bible, you will literally start to realize and start to have joy in the fact that God redeemed you, that God redeemed you from the life that we all deserved, that God redeemed you from the life that 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 you should have lived. But instead, instead, He's picked you up, turned you around, placed your feet on solid ground, and given you an everlasting heavenly home that surpasses all the trouble and all the pain you can ever go through on this earth. Because the earth is temporary, but heaven is eternal. And so I think it's important and it is very imperative today that we realize and that we set our perspective and our focus on who God is in our life. He's our everlasting father. He's our God almighty. He's the only one that can fix any problem or any circumstance we're ever going through, no matter how big or small it may be. So with that being said, I encourage you, I highly encourage you to pray in a way that honors God and to shift your mindset. Because I guarantee you it'll work every single time. I'm only 20 years old, but I'm a firm believer of that. And I've experienced the power of prayer when I put God first and put my needs and my problems second. There's a lot of power in that. And there's a lot of power in praying for deliverance from temptation and asking for his forgiveness because those things matter. And those are the things that keep our relationship strong is the absence of the temptations that we may not have to go through. God's forgiveness. So with that being said, I love you and I thank you for joining me today. Be sure to go out and to love someone and to share the message of Jesus Christ with them. I love you. I thank you. And I catch you next week. Goodbye.